Welcome to Living Word, growing a family that experiences every promise of God. You're listening to another life-changing word from Pastor Jason Anderson. For more information, visit our website at livingwordonline.com. God, we come to you this morning. We know that you have a word for us. Open up our hearts to receive your word and let that word be bread to us. Let it nourish us. Let it become part of who we are. But let that word also become a seed in Jesus' name. And that seed is deposited deep in the good soil of our heart and produces life in us. Change us from the inside out, Lord, that we might impact our world in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You could be seated. I have good news for you today. God's hand is upon you. His hand is even more upon you in difficult times. When we go through a tough valley, when we go through tragedy, when we go through a loss, the hand of God comes even heavier in our lives. And it brings us reward. God has a blessing of fruitfulness in the midst of your trials, in the midst of difficulty. You lost your job, maybe. Maybe they treated you awful. You gave him your best, and then they still canned you. Maybe you were great in that marriage, but he still left. He still committed adultery. Maybe you lost a close personal loved one, a family member. We go through tough times. I want you to know that in those tough times, God has a response to your pain, and it is provision. I want to go to Psalms in chapter 3 right now. Think about Joseph when he got sold into slavery, lost his childhood, lost his life. Suddenly he's destined to do nothing and go nowhere. But what, ha- what does God have for him? Promotion, elevation. Consider Daniel in the lion's den. He goes to the lion's den. He gets out with promotion. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these three teenagers, they wouldn't worship a foreign god, and so the king throws them in a fiery furnace that is seven times hotter than normal. How many know sometimes you did the right thing, you wouldn't bow your knee to the wrong thing, and you still got thrown in the fire? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? But they came out of the fire, and they were promoted, and they were set free. They came out better than when they went in. Why? Because God always has something. The Israelites are in slavery for 400 years, and they come out, and where do they go? God sends them to the promised land. Because why? Because God has something great for you on the other side of that war. On the other side of that battle, we've got to get our expectancy high, knowing that when I go through adversity, God is loading up a blessing for me in my future. Come on, somebody. And so it says in Psalm chapter 3 and verse 2, Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. Selah. People are looking at me and they're saying, he's done. Right? That's what it says. People are looking at me and saying, God's not with him. But thou, O Lord, this is David's response to that. He's like, I'm in a tough time. But thou, O Lord are a shield for me. You're my glory, and you're the lifter. Say lifter. You're the lifter of my head. My head's down, and God is lifting it up. He's the lifter of my head. There are times when God comes to people, and he says, lift up your head, because we're down, and we need an attitude adjustment. So he comes to Abraham, who's sitting in his tent, sulking. He's been praying for the same thing for years, and nothing's changing. Has anybody ever had that experience before? 
and he's sulking and he's down. Where's God? And God says, look up at the sky. God tells him, get your eyes off the ground and look up. And that's how many kids I'm going to give you. Sometimes Jesus says, lift up your eyes to the disciples. We see in time and time in the, in the Word of God where God is telling us to lift up our eyes. But David didn't say, I'm lifting up my eyes. He said, God, you lift up my head. There are times in our life where we, it's just too heavy. Sometimes God isn't saying to us, lift up your head. He's saying to us, I'm going to lift up your head. Why? Because you got hit really hard. Have you ever been hit so hard that you couldn't just pick up your own head? It was just too much. You're in a, such a deep well, such a deep valley. It's so dark that you're having difficulty holding up your head. When, when my grandson Booker was born a year ago in December, I remember going into the birthing room. He had just been born a couple hours, maybe an hour before, and I get to hold him now. And all the women in my life, Katie, Kelly, Kenzie, said to me, now you've got to hold his head up. Watch out, hold his head. Get your hand underneath his head like I haven't already done this four times. I got it. Why? Because when they're a newborn, they can't lift up their own head. That head's just flopping around. And if you want the baby to look somewhere, hey, look at your grandma. You have to hold that baby's head and say, this is where I want you to look. And sometimes our injury was so great that we can't hold our head up. It's just flopping around. And God says, okay, in those times, I'll lift your head up. When, I'm, when I've got my head down, and I'm down, and I'm in the dumps, and you ever been... <sighs> I'm just... I can't see up here when I'm like this. And so, so God's doing something up here that I'm missing. Even metaphorically, we understand the idea that, that what's down here is not for me, but what's up here, that's the hope of my future. We get that. God's up here, right? The heavenlies are up here. The eternal things are up here. The sun is up here. But when I'm down here, I'm not seeing any of that. And so David says this. He says, you're my shield, right? You're my protection. And then he says, you're my glory. Now, the word that he uses here in the Hebrew is kavod. And it, it means a dark, weighty, heavy cloud. And a farmer knows what that looks like when he's got a dry field. When he sees a dark, heavy, weighty cloud, he knows that's the blessing coming to his field. The dark, heavy, weighty cloud is the glory of God that is pregnant with a blessing of prosperity for you. It's ready to give you something. When you see a dark, heavy, weighty cloud, you say, that's rain. When you see a normal little white, puffy cloud, you don't say anything about that. It's the dark, heavy, weighty ones. We all, all of us can look at that one and go, that's rain. And that rain symbolizes God is about to pour down something into my life. Something great is coming my way. It's, about, it's not happening yet, but I know it's going to happen because I can see it. And when I'm down here, I can't see it. So David's like, hey, can you lift up my head? Because I want to see that you, what, what's already happened. I want to see what you're doing in my future. Down here, I can't see it, but I lift up my head. And I go, oh, there it is. God is, I'm in a tough time, but God is storing up something great in my future. He's about to pour down a great manifestation of his blessing and reward into my future. God hasn't forgotten me. Come on, he's responding to my difficulty with a blessing, with fruitfulness. Thank you, Lord. 
When my head's down, I miss the glory. When my head's down, I keep going in the wrong direction. You know, and when you fly an airplane, I remember flying, and my flight instructor would say to me, "Check your AI." Now, your AI is not artificial intelligence. There's a there's a gauge on your flight in in your cockpit. You have like your altimeter, you have your velocity, your speed, you know, airspeed. You get your air pressure, but you also have one that's called the AI. It's your attitude indicator. And your attitude of an airplane is is its nose and wings in relationship to the horizon. So if you're flying, you you can you can look at this gauge and it'll tell you how your plane's doing in association with what's level. And he would cover it up and he would say to me, "Now fly level." And I'd be like, "Okay, I, I got it. I, I'm flying level." And then he'd take it off, and I was turning and dropping. You wouldn't know. You couldn't feel it. Your attitude was in the wrong direction, though. In the same way, in life. Your attitude matters. It tells you which way you're going in relationship to, to the horizon. If your attitude, if your nose is pointing up, and you give it a little bit of gas, you'll climb. But if your nose is pointing down, it doesn't matter what you do. You're descending. If your attitude is in a downward position, you can change the speed. You can slow down, speed up. You can turn. You can do anything you want. But if your attitude is down, you are going down. If you want to fly to Payson, you got some mountains to get over. You got to climb a little bit to get over those mountains, or you will crash. And a lot of times, people are flying in life with a down attitude, and they don't realize they're headed towards a crash. When you get down and you stay down, you're making it deeper. You're just going deeper. You're like, I'm struggling with depression. Well, you got to get your head up because you can be down, but with an attitude that's pointing up. You begin to climb. You might still be down. Come on, somebody! But you are at least climbing. You're headed in the right direction now. That's what I'm saying to us today: is we got to get our heads up. We got to say to God, "Lift up my head." Because why? Because I need to start heading in the right direction. I'm looking towards the glory of God, and I see that there is a, a reward coming my way. Come on and give the Lord some praise right now. God is turning things around. In Genesis chapter 29 and verse 31. There's a woman named Leah. She's in a tough spot. Her and her sister were looking for a man, and a man came to town. His name was Jacob. And this is—they both wanted, you know, to marry this man, but but he fell in love with her sister. And so Leah was kind of left out in the cold here. And then it came time for Jacob to marry Rachel, but her father gave Jacob to her instead first. So she got to marry this man. This man that had rejected her, and and the Bible says, when the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, in verse thirty-one, she's married, but she, the man that's supposed to love her is not loving her. In fact, the word here, not loved, means hated, rejected, despised. When the Lord saw that she was rejected, He enabled her to conceive. I want you to see this. God had a response for her pain. You're feeling rejected. God has a response for your pain. They treated you wrong. God has a response to your pain. The people who were supposed to love you didn't love you. God doesn't leave you out to dry. What does He do? He responds to your pain with fruitfulness. God is saying that job treated you wrong. They fired you. You have every reason to stay down. But God is saying, let me lift up your head because I'm going to bring you a better job that pays more money. Come on, somebody. I've got something better that I'm doing in your life. He rewards. I'm not seeing. He rewarded her pain 
with what her dream would have been in her heart. Her dream was to have a, a child. God fulfilled a dream in her heart. I'm not saying that when you're rejected, you're suddenly going to get pregnant. I'm saying that when you're rejected, when you go through difficult times, that God begins to move on the dreams in your heart. That thing that you wanted to have happen, that thing that's been so deep in you, now God begins to move on it. God has a response to your pain. What did Jesus say? He said, blessed are you when people use you spitefully. Well, that doesn't sound like fun. But what does Jesus do? He, assigns a he attaches a blessing to when people are awful to you. How many know that people are sometimes going to be awful to you? What does God do? He, sign, he assigns provision for your pain. Isaiah chapter 61 and verse 2 says it like this. To pro, Jesus came to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance for our God. The day of vengeance of our God means what? That God is settling the accounts. That when people are wrong to you, God is going to settle the account, not you. You leave that in his hands. And it says to comfort all who mourn. Well, there's a response to your pain. There's comfort. And it says, and to provide for those who grieve in Zion. Say grieve in Zion. Zion means the church. There's provision for those who grieve in Zion. This is the place that you come that God lifts up your head. You come here down, and what does he do? He starts to give you, what happens when you come in here? You pray, you worship God, you're singing songs, suddenly the presence of God hits you, and then the preacher gets up, some little short guy, he starts to preach something, that, but then he starts to give you hope. He's like, yeah, it's really bad right now, but listen, God's bringing something better in your life. God's going to reward you. What's it do? It starts to lift up your head. Why? Because the power of God and the word of God has the ability to lift your head up. God is lifting your head. So he says, blessed are those who grieve in Zion. When you bring your grief to the church, God will turn your grief around. But you know what Satan does? He comes to you and says, you're just not feeling church today. You know, when we're down, sometimes the last place we want to go is God's house. It's weird. It's because it's the voice of the devil to come in to try and keep you down. He doesn't want you to go to church and get your head lifted up. He doesn't want you to go hear the word of God and hear hope. He wants you to stay down. So what do we do? We say, have, you ever, have you ever done that before? I'm just not feeling church today. I'm kind of down. I'll talk to the, the people on the screen right now. I'm just not feeling church today. I'm kind of down. We've all done it. Have you ever done that? Maybe not you guys, but the 1045 service has a load of people that <laughs> sometimes... Because why? Because I'm down right now. I don't, I'm not sure I want to. But, you know, think about the deception of that, how Satan tries to keep you down. Because have you ever gone to church and, and then after you went, you felt worse? No, you always feel more hopeful. Why? Because God got in there and he turned, he lifted your head up. And so look at the deception. You're down and, and Satan wants to keep you down and so he keeps you home so that you don't get your head lifted back up. But God says there's a blessing and a provision for those who grieve in the right location. There's a location where you bring your grief. There's a location when you, where you bring your depression. There's a location where you bring your sadness. It's the sanctuary of the living God. If you're down the fastest place and the best place to be, you should run here. You should run to God's sanctuary and say, I'm down, but I need God to lift up my head. I need the word of God preached. Right now, I don't feel like reading my Bible, but I need the word of God. Come on, somebody. I need the spirit of God to begin to move in my life. I got to get my head back up and start climbing out of this valley. Thank you, Lord. 
It's not that we won't go down, but we've got to learn how to get to climb in again, don't we? My, um, my father-in-law, he tells the story. Uh, my wife, when she was young, and he had about five small children. He was living in Springfield, Ohio, working for a newspaper company and doing quite well, finding promotion. And One day they decided to open up a wing here in Arizona, and they wanted him to head it up. So they asked him, you know, they said to him, Arizona's the place you want to be. So he loaded up his truck and he moved to Mesa, Lee. Right? Swimming pools. Cactus. Okay, so, so he, they, they bring him out. He has to move five young children, leaving family. Like, this is a big risk. Comes all the way out here. They find a house. They help him find a house and gets, gets settled and moves into his new job. But not very long after that, some new leadership moved into the newspaper company and they brought their own people and they fired him. See, after leaving everything, taking this huge risk and moving and then fired, you know what you want to do? You want to say, well, where's God in that? What happened? Why would people treat you like that? And when you get hit like that, it's so tempting just to stay down. But not my father-in-law. He ran to God's house. He said to Dr. Tom and Marine, we were the pastors then, we need prayer. Lost my job. And they had a word for him. And they stuck to that word. They heard from God. And he flew back to Springfield, Ohio to meet with a friend of his that had started a safety and supply company. And he got it in his spirit to start a company instead of going home back to Springfield, Ohio, and just moving the family, just giving up. He could have also just got another job. No, 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 no. God planted in his heart the idea, start a business. And so he took the risk. He put everything that he had into it, all of his time, his effort, every penny that he had into that business, and God flourished it. It wasn't even very long, and he had 40 employees. He was booming. Come on, somebody. If he hadn't, if you ask him, if you, if you asked him in hindsight, was it was it okay that you lost your job? He'd be like, maybe the best thing that ever happened to me at that point was losing my job because without the losing of the job, I wouldn't have started the business. Come on, somebody. When, when difficult times happen, God has a way of bringing reward through it. He can do the same thing for you. You go through a tough time, recognize that God can turn this around. Come on, somebody. He's getting his glory cloud stirred up with a blessing, a reward for me in my future. God's going to turn this thing around for me. I'm going to go back to Genesis chapter 29 and verse 33. Let's go back to the story of Leah for a moment. This woman that's not loved. I want to read this next verse to you. Genesis 29:33. She conceived again. And when she gave birth to a son, she said, Because the Lord heard that I am not loved, he gave me this one too. God is continuing to bless her in the midst of her affliction. He's responding to her with dreams of her heart. But it's bigger than that, because she's going to have two more sons after this. One she's going to name Levi, the other one she's going to name Judah. And there's significance to these two boys. Levi would become the priesthood of all of Israel, all of the ancestors. She gave birth to the priesthood of Israel. And Judah would become all the kings, King David, King Solomon, the kings. She gave birth to the kings of Israel. That's huge. God didn't just move on a blessing in her lifetime. He moved on a blessing in her life for future generations. And not even just that, not even just that, her legacy, 
But from Judah would come the Messiah. Jesus was born of the tribe of Judah. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. What Leah thought was an affliction, God turned into a blessing in her life. God can do the same thing for you. You're in a tough time. You're in a tough space. Listen, what is God trying to do for us today? He's trying to change our expectancy. When I go through difficulty, when my family hits a tough spot, I've learned in my lifetime to get excited. Oh, I'm in a tough time. God's got a reward for me. I don't let a tough time bring me down. I let a tough time bring me up. Because why? Because he's given me a crown of beauty for ashes and oil of joy for mourning. Come on, somebody, a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. There's provision for my pain. Crown of beauty for ashes. When I'm in ashes, when I look around my life and there's nothing but ash left, guess what's coming next? The crown of beauty. Come on, somebody. How exciting is that? Oil of joy. Have you ever had an oil stain in your driveway? It's hard to get up, right? You can spill water. You can spill Kool-Aid in your driveway. It doesn't matter. But you spill oil in your driveway, you're going to have that stain there forever. Oil of joy is, is there as oil because it's a joy that remains. When you get the oil of joy on you for mourning, that oil, it sticks to you. You can't just wash it off. Come on, somebody, you ever get greasy hands? It's tough to get the oil off. Why? Because the oil of joy sticks to you. It's a supernatural joy. God is pouring out an oil of joy on this church right now because we've had some mourning. We've gone through a tough time, but he's going to dump oil of joy. It's a supernatural joy that's coming on you. It's going to overtake you. And when you bump into somebody, they're going to get oil on them too. They're like, woo, I feel good. Because why? Because the oil of joy is, is spread. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Praise the living God. When David wrote this scripture about God lifting up his head, he had just lost the kingdom. He was in a tough place. The Bible talks about Absalom, his son, had led a rebellion. He declared himself king. So David, betrayed by his own son, loved his son. He doesn't want his son to die. He told the man, don't kill my son for, the, for betraying me, for betraying the nation. You know, Let him live. Betrayed by his son. And he, then he loses his throne. He's kicked out of his own palace. He's walking out of Jerusalem with his head hanging pretty low. He'd lost a lot that day. His kingdom, his son. And, he re, and, he, and this is the song that he reads, that he, that he writes, that he sings. And he says this. Many there be which say of my soul, there's no help for him in God. You know, when you get hit, Sometimes you turn around to people to try and help you. I mean, you know, people can help, offer a little bit of help, and I'm not saying you should not turn to people. But for the most part, David is saying to us today that people are not always going to be there for you. You say, will you cheer me up? I'm down right now. How are you doing? Uh, I'm okay. Getting through it. Getting through another day. I'm trying to get people to help me. Help me. I need, I need encouragement from you. And we should encourage one another. But David was saying, I'm not looking for people to help me because I know that you can't always count on people to dig you out. But you know who you can count on to dig you out? He's like, I'm trusting in God. I'm going to put my faith in the Lord. There's a lot of people sometimes when things go wrong, they look at your life and they say, wow, God's not with them. Something bad happens. Well, I wonder where God was. I guess God's not with that person anymore. That's what they were saying of David. God's not with him. He lost the kingdom. He lost his throne. He lost his son. I guess the Lord left him. David must have done something wrong. 
A lot of times when there's difficulty, people want someone to blame. Most of the time when there's difficulty, we want someone to blame. Well, that's what's happening, and then we try and... But David said, no, there's none of that. He's not looking for someone to blame. God hasn't left me. No, 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 he responds to this. He says, many say of my soul, there is no help for, from God with him. And then he says, Selah. Let's go back to that verse. There's no help for him in God. Selah. That word Selah is a musical term. That's why they don't translate it. It's a telling what the instruments and the singers should do next. And the, and the word Selah means crescendo. It means I need you to get louder right here. So what's he doing? He's going to get louder and he's going to say, but you, Lord, are a shield. So I want you to hear it the right way. He says this, a lot of people are against me right now. And they're saying God doesn't, doesn't help me. And then he says, get louder. But you, Lord, are a shield around me. See, we got to get louder about the things that God's about to do and get a little quieter about the rough time. I'm in pain right now, Pastor. You wouldn't believe what they did in that job. That's not the loud part of your life. It may have happened. You wouldn't believe what my, my spouse did to me. That's not the loud part. You wouldn't believe the person that I just lost in my life. That shouldn't be the loud part of your, your message. The loud part of your message should be, yeah, it was, it, was, it was bad. The loud part of your message should be that God is a shield about me, that he's my glory, and he's the lifter of my head. That's my, that's my loud message. That's what's coming out of me. I may be in a difficult time, but I believe God. Selah. Come on, somebody. We've got to get loud about what God's about to do in your life. That God can move and bring a blessing of fruitfulness in the midst of your trial. We've got to get our expectancy high. Because listen, if you're in a down place and you're expecting things to get worse, they will. But when you're in a down place and you let God lift up your head and you get your expectancy on the glory cloud that's above you, that's about to manifest rain in your life, you get your expectancy in the right place. When you go through a tough time and you say, oh, I'm expecting the plunder of God is coming my way. I'm facing a battle right now, but I know that God will give me the victory and there will be a great plunder on the other side of this. I know that God is rewarding me in the middle of my trial. I know that God is bringing me more than I can contain. I know that it looks tough right now. It looks impossible, but I'm letting God lift up my head. God, I need you to lift up my head because you're taking me somewhere new. You're storing up treasure for me. You're about to pour out the manifestation of the miracle in my life. Hey, come on, somebody, we need a miracle. Thank you, Lord. Selah. <laughs> Get louder. Make the good part of what God's doing in your life bigger than the tough thing you're going through. Amen. Did you receive something today? Praise God. I wondered, is there someone you know that could use a message like this? You know, there's no greater gift you can bring God than another person. There are people in the world that are falling out of church. There are people in the world that have never met Jesus. There's both kinds. I wonder if there's somebody in your life that you could think about for a moment and say, you know, I could bring them and I could, I could give, I could bring God the gift of a person. Amen? One of the greatest things you can give. I would, I would ask you to pray about that. Bring somebody and find a place to serve in God's house. And if you are brand new, I'd like to meet you after the service dismisses. Pastor Kelly and I, we'll be standing right outside those doors. Come over and say hi to us. Mean the world to us. We'll even give you a free book. Now, let me ask you a question. If you were to face eternity today, do you know what eternity looks like for you? And would you have peace with Father God? 
Here's the good news. God has already offered the free gift of eternal life to anyone who will believe. You might say, believe what? Believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died for your sin, rose from the dead. Make him the Lord of your life today, and you can know before you walk out those doors where you will spend eternity. It'll be in the kingdom of heaven with Father God. We just do a simple prayer. Mean the prayer out loud. Say it out loud with you, with your lips. And mean it in your heart. Here we go. Dear Father God, forgive me of all my sin. And Jesus, I believe in you. You're the Son of God who died for sin, rose from the dead. Be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer for the first time after the service dismisses, our service leaders have a Bible they want to get into your hands. They're going to stand up on their feet right now. They can pray with you if you'd like. They'd love to meet you. It'd mean the world to them if you just come over and say hi and tell them what you did today. But the most important thing I could tell you is just be back in church next week. You got born again into this family. We want you to stay in this family. You need to get around the right people every single week and under the right message. It matters. When you come into God's house, how many know he's going to lift up your head? He's going to get your hope moving in the right direction. He's going to remind you to keep hoping, keep believing, keep forgiving, keep loving, keep forgiving. This is what God does in our life, and it's part of your journey now in following Christ. Remember what Jesus said? He said, go out there and compel them to be in my house that my 930 service might be full. Love you guys so much. I'm standing with you. God bless you. Amen. Have a great morning. What an amazing word today. If you are a newcomer here today, uh, just going to say it again, Pastor Jason and I would love to meet you. We have a visitor center out there. But also, if you have anything that you need prayer for, we'd love to pray for you as well. A couple of announcements. Next weekend, uh, three nights in a row, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night, we have our Candy Cane Lane. It's going to be an amazing event for your family. All kinds of um, neat stuff going on. little play that will go on here in the sanctuary just a great family filled night i need to let you know that if you plan to come on saturday night there will be no kids dome no high school and no junior high program that night we will still have our 6 p.m service but we ask that you just bring your kids to our service that night we have our volunteer appreciation party that's tomorrow night monday night 6 30 p.m if you volunteer here in any capacity we want to celebrate you we have a christmas party we do it out there in the foyer be a great night show up 6 30 p.m we're doing Christmas ornaments this year. We're adding Christmas ornaments as a family, church family, to our Christmas tree out there, the big tree. So I invite you to bring a Christmas ornament sometime this month. Put your family name on it, the year on there, and hang it on the tree. And then the last thing I want to tell you about is our men's ministry is doing a Christmas party that's going to be on December 21st. You can find out more information from somebody out there in the foyer at the information counter. All right, I would love for you to stand with me as I close in prayer. If you have any prayer needs at all, see that um, service leader. They would love to pray with you. Let's pray and release you. Father God, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I praise you and I thank you for this word today. It is the truth that sets us free in our lives. And each and every day we get up and say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. In Jesus' name, amen. Be blessed and have a great week. To you, Living Word Virtual Church Community. Each week, we come together during the live stream, chatting with each other through live comment sections. Then, during the week, our virtual church community reconnects in online share groups to discuss the weekend service and study the Word. To sign up, visit the Living Word Virtual Church Community page on our website. We'll see you there.